Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. As I do each week, I try to do at least one part of the show strictly on gardening. That's how this whole Organic Matters show started over 20 years ago. But I've sure kind of branched out because now you can hardly even talk about gardening if you're not talking about what's going on with the change in our climate and where you live and things you used to grow may not grow so well and things that you have not grown before in certain areas will actually grow better. I'm doing this particular show from Central Texas, but in the whole nation, if you'll just look at what we call Zone 8, anything that I talk about is in Zone 8. Now, all you have to do is is go to your extension, agricultural extension map, and see where you are. And if it's a 7, you change planting dates and things a bit. If it's a 9, you change them the other direction. Zone 8 is sort of like a, a long average zone, covers probably about as much of the nation as any other single zone. So I kind of use it as the normal, although there's no such thing as normal. And the good news is fall is the best time of the year to plant a heck of a lot of stuff. In fact, this time of the year, I would say is, I call it the forgotten spring because we think always it's early spring, spring to summer, but actually a number of plants are both easier to grow in the late fall or fall through winter than they are in the spring into the hot summer. So we're going to name some of those eventually, but first I'm just going to kind of give you a rough idea of why I think this is actually, in many parts of the country, the best time to plant. Now those of you that have listened to me for years, I'm basically a vegetable gardener. I'm not against other plants at all. I love flowers, I love trees, but I mostly, I think that, that because most of us plant annual gardens. Some plants we don't, but most we do. It's something you have to kind of always catch up on and things change and there's better ways to fertilize. And of course, I am all organic. I do not use, matter of fact, I went to the Texas A&M, Tamu uh, gardening page to kind of put my show together for this week. I always go to several sources. I tell you right now, read whatever's on that page to fall garden and then uh, do exactly the opposite. They're putting them out ammonia phosphates. They're still recommending glyphosate to kill the plants, the weeds in your garden. Folks, go to any of a number of websites and look at the billions in dollars that glyphosate has paid out because they now know that it is a probable carcinogen and a number of cases have been proven. That indeed, these people got their cancer from handling glyphosate poisons. So don't do that. I don't know how a a great university that Tamu actually is, Texas A&M, why they have a page up that's just basically a 20-year-old page of how you can use chemistry. I'm guessing that they might get a hell of a lot of money from the chemistry companies. But anyway, don't do that. Find a good organic page. If you don't listen to me or you don't see what, agree with what I do, there's just great ways to grow wonderful plants that you eat that have not gone through, uh, you know, a myriad of chemicals before you put them in you or your children's mouths. But before I do the thing on vegetables, let me just do one just for those of you that just love to plant things. Shrubs, roses, and perennials are probably best planted in the fall almost all the time. So they can grow through, the, the especially on zone eight, the milder winters and more establish their roots and their systems for when the hot summer weather arrives. For these plants, okay, be sure uh, I amend the soil with organic matter. There's several sources for that. 
It enhances clay soils. It puts more living matter material in sand. It's just generally one of the things that most anywhere you're gardening, adding organic materials are always a plus. If you're planting in a new site, never never been planted in there before, mix in some compost before planting. But remember, this is another that comes up. A lot of the compost you buy on the open market, I don't care if it's at the big box stores or even at some of the better plant outlets, be sure that compost is completed. If you've got compost that's still breaking down, it's actually going to steal nitrogen and other nutrients from your plants till it gets broken down and becomes a real part of the soil. So find really good completed compost. If you have time, let that mix it in, let that soil settle a few days or even a few weeks, uh, then plant into it. If you're replacing just a few plants in an existing landscape, then you can just take and mix that completed compost or even other organic matters if you have them across some some good finished manures or things. just add a shovel and mix it in where you're going to plant and get the plant. But, but don't throw a bunch of fertilizer in those holes. When you put a, a over amount of even organic fertilizers into the hole and just mix it there, it, it makes the plant sort of want to just stay in that hole. You've almost, in essence, put a flower pot in the ground. So you, that's not the right way to do that. You, don't want, you can put the organic material in. I recommend you then... I actually let the the trees, especially trees, shrubs, and roses, get settled for a while first, and then I'll go and do my regular on-ground scratch just in the surface. Organic fertilizer, 722-531, whatever numbers you're used to, and and don't let the numbers fool you either. Those chemicals that say 20, 20, 20, and you know, 5, 10, 5, they're they're actually like 15, 20. They are much higher numbers, but they're chemicals, and they're they just get washed away, folks. When you put in organic, natural fertilizers, the bacteria around your plants and in your living soil that you've created break it down at, a, at the rate Mother Nature pretty much has always broken it down. So the plant uses virtually everything you've put into that soil. Whereas the ammonias and them, boy, big rain comes and that stuff's in the river down the street or who knows where, but it, it, it doesn't stay because it's, it's, it's water soluble. It's ready to go. You, you might as well just be pouring the, some of it in the, in the uh, ditch out by your house. So anyway, over, oh, do it. But, but that's my big, big, big complaint about these chemical fertilizers where, come on, folks, the, uh, there's a thing called the Gulf dead zone caused by one thing. Basically one thing. Well, it's humans all together. But the Mississippi River and a number of other rivers, even rivers from San Antonio, the San Antonio River, makes their way to the Gulf of Mexico carrying all this overload of nitrogens from almost all synthetic fertilizers. And then when it gets out there, they over over stimulate the algaes and the, everything that lives. That they over-fertilize it. It gets so active that the oxygen that goes out of the water it's all used up it becomes epoxic and then small living creatures that live in that area die now you see the fish all the ocean's not dead right here at the edge of the gulf because i see you know i see the fish and i see other living things 
but that's because they're they can get away. They can swim out of it. They can get above it. Most of it is heavier than the water and is down at the bottom part of wherever you are. But the crustaceans and the shrimp and the little guys that these animals depend on, these fish depend on to live, uh, are dead or at least severely knocked down in numbers. And this year is going. They thought it was going to be small because of COVID. It's still going to be over six thousand square miles of hypoxic water for almost all the summer till till next fall at least. So think about that when you're putting out this synthetic man-made fertilizer. Incidentally, many times made from nothing other than petroleum. On the same note, fall is in the zone eight especially the best time to plant trees. And folks, a lot of times, smaller is better. You always want to try to buy the biggest tree you can get, the biggest thing you can afford. But science has shown you buy a smaller tree, but you treat it properly, and in a year or two, it'll catch up. It'll save you a bunch of money, number one. Number two, the tree will actually be better established. So I stick to five gallon. I have have done some 15 gallons very rarely, but nothing hardly ever bigger than that unless someone just made me put some bigger trees in for them and somebody did. But anyway, and don't amend the soil. We were just talking about that. It sounds counterintuitive, like, oh, I want to amend my soil. But research has proven that trees grow best if the soil that you dig out is the soil you put back. It always works best that way unless you've actually chosen a tree that's not supposed to be where you're planting it. We don't grow very many fir trees in this part of the country. Why? Because fir trees don't grow here. But there's always these nurseries, either unorthodox or don't know, selling trees that are not acclimated to the part of the world where you're planting them. Even the Arbor Day people, which I used to give money to, sent me trees several times. You give them so much and they send you a half dozen little trees to plant. They sent me trees there's no way could live in the soil and the part of the country that I was living in at the time. And they're supposed to be the tree people. Anyway, back to the hole. The bottom of the hole should be solid, not not super dug up and contrary again to what you might think. Make an uneven, don't dig a perfectly round hole. Matter of fact, it just all chopped up where the roots are hitting different sides and not coming to a round. Uh, you put a, a round hole in the ground and the roots have a tendency to follow that hole again, somewhat like a flower pot. So make it a rough hole, uh, make it solid, and, and two things to remember. One, plant the trunk so the root flare the puppy dog toes, the whatever you want to call them, are out of the ground. You can see them. Those roots should be visible just above the soil line when everything settles in. If they're not, the tree's planted too deep. Go out in Mother Nature and see how she plants in the forest. Look at almost all. There's a few tree exceptions. Ones are palm trees. So if you're putting a palm in, uh, skip that part of what I'm telling you. Otherwise, that's how Mother Nature plants trees and shrubs, and that's how they grow best. They've evolved, if not thousands, millions of years to, to grow that way. You can't fool Mother Nature. I guess in one word for this part of the show, planting and establishing trees is really all about managing the air and the moisture and the soil around those trees. There are some visuals, if you want to go put in the word, believe it or not, uh, tree planting that will all show you these things and, and sometimes visuals work better for people. But overall, that's the rules you need. And uh, of course, 
patience. And one other mention for this part of the show, and then we'll come back, and for the next quarter of the show, I'm going to talk all about fall vegetable gardens for all of us. You'll be amazed at at some of the best vegetables we all love to eat are best grown starting about this time of the year. Thanks for listening to Organic Matters, and I usually don't tie two sections together, but there's just too much to talk about for fall gardening. So I'll end here, whatever breaks come through, because uh, I'm on a number of stations and podcasts. Then the next quarter of the show, we're going to talk specifically about, again, we're around zone eight, but that's easy to adjust with wherever you're listening to this, and vegetables for fall and winter gardening. <laughs>